When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with the first day of the rest of our lives. One team holds the key to the entire offseason. We've heard from them this morning. We'll start there. Meanwhile, new mock draft is up and out and has a shakeup near the top. Don't miss the insight that will reshape the entire league. And then, oh, Emmett unloads. The latest Cowboys criticism is the most critical of all in every sense of the word. We've got all that and a whole lot more. Let's do this thing. It's time to get up here on ESPN. All by myself on this Valentine's Day, but by no means alone. Look at the squad. We have ready talking football for you this morning. Oh, a happy Valentine's Day to the big swagoo, Lewis Riddick and Field Yates, whose mock draft is out and up, and we'll get to it in a moment. But let's kick off the offseason today with quarterback questions, and there are big ones around the league. Swagoo, is Dak Prescott this offseason going to get a monster contract extension? I believe so, G. Yes, uh, Dak played phenomenal. Obviously, we judge him off his playoff performance against Green Bay, but the reality is he was one of the better quarterbacks, if not top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL during the regular season. So they will get an extension done and start to build out the rest of this team. I hope. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. Fascinating offseason for him. Where will he play next year? The Las Vegas Raiders greenie. The Broncos obviously aren't going to be trading him to the Raiders, their in-division rival. But after being released, I forecast that Russell Wilson goes to the Silver and Black, a team that needs a quarterback upgrade this offseason and is limited in terms of resources to pull the trigger to do so. Russell Wilson, Antonio Pierce, a new AFC West power couple on this lovely Valentine's Day. And they, he'll come cheap someplace too, which is an interesting yes, part of the dynamic. And then Lewis. Will Justin Fields be the Bears quarterback in 2024? I'm afraid not, Greeny. I, I just don't I don't think he's going to be, although I would like to see him remain there and see them continue to build around him. I just think there's going to be just too much momentum as we move through this draft process for Caleb Williams to be the number one overall pick of the Chicago Bears because, look, he is a fantastic talent. There are some things to iron out as far as just exactly how he is going to fit in the Chicago Bears culture, what changes he needs to make in terms of his development. But as far as the raw skills are concerned, you just can't argue with what Caleb has put on tape. You just can't. Well, yeah, and, and so in the latest mock, which I have right here in my hands that we'll get to a little later, Field does, like everyone else, have Caleb Williams going number one to Chicago. But sitting right here at this desk yesterday, Jeff Saturday suggested this about what the Bears might do with that number one pick and their current QB. If you're the organization and you have watched what happened to Mitchell Trubisky, you have watched what has happened to Justin Fields at this point, why would you go draft the first pick in the draft, throw him into a very similar, if not exact situation, and expect a different result? When you have a guy in the building that you can build around, because the reality is Caleb Williams is not winning a Super Bowl his first year in Chicago. Your team isn't winning it. So why don't you actually take care of Caleb Williams instead of trying to do the exact same thing you've already done and expect something differently so to be clear he's suggesting that they draft Caleb Williams and keep 
Justin Fields. I have an opinion on that, but I don't want to prejudice the jury. Lewis Riddick, I'll start with you as my team builder extraordinaire. What do you think of that idea? No, you know I love Saturday. Saturday's the dude, but he's wrong. You can't do that. You can't draft Caleb Williams and have Justin Fields be what? Is he just going to be a placeholder? Justin Fields is going to play the Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes? That's not what he's there for. Justin Fields is still trying to get his career on track. And quite honestly, I think in Chicago, they're probably looking at it like this. We're resetting the clock again, as many people like to say. We're resetting it with a rookie quarterback. We already have some things in place now. We had a dynamic running game last year. We have an improving offensive line. We still need a couple more weapons on the perimeter to go along with what we already have. And we have a new offensive coordinator in in Shane Waldron who we can start over with from ground zero with Caleb Williams. I think Chicago needs to do right by Justin Fields. There are two teams in particular that we're going to get to that would love to start over with Justin Fields, that he fits perfectly with. Now, I'm not saying I want to move on from Justin Fields because we all know he has not been set up to succeed there. We say it all the time about quarterbacks, yet with this kid, we want to say, well, we already know what he is. We already know we just move on from Caleb Williams. Well, that rationale, it's not a direct correlation. That's not true. But I understand the movement and the push to want to have Caleb Williams on your team because I'll tell you this, his tape is absolutely electric. It's not perfect, but I'd have, I'd have a hard time passing on him too. Right. So, again, we all love Jeff Saturday, but to use his own words, he's high. He's, as he would say, he's I'm high. at good good. So, uh, <laughs> assuming we all disagree with him, I don't pronounce it as well as he does. It sounds a little better with his accent. That no, it said, sounds great, man. It sounds perfect. He's on that good good, he would say to me. But anyway, the point of it is this, Swagoo. <laughs> Everyone is pointing south. Everyone is pointing toward Jeff's hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, for Justin Fields. How do you like it? Yeah. I like it a lot. I like I like the offensive coordinator. I like Raheem Morris coming over as a head coach. And uh, Lou just mentioned the reset in Chicago. That's what it would be in Atlanta with a phenomenal athlete who can play the quarterback position. Um, I, I think this is very similar. G, you know, and Lou been on with me and Phil as well. Babyface, um, I was hard on Baker Mayfield early in his career. And all of the change that took place, all of the things that happened in Cleveland, he left and played for Sean McVay for a week and a half, being facetious, and then yeah. went and joined up with Dave Canales in Tampa, and we saw the best of Baker Mayfield. I think Justin Fields should be warranted that chance in Atlanta, and also I'm with Lou about bringing Caleb Williams into Chicago, because it is electric when you turn the tape on. It's some of that stuff that we see a lot of these top-tier quarterbacks doing, but I think Atlanta would be a perfect destination, and he'll be close to home. He would be phenomenal with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that, that is where he grew up. He, he went to Georgia initially, for folks who don't know, and then ultimately transferred to Ohio State. So, Yates, your primary area here is draft stuff, and I listen to you and Mel with the First Draft Podcast every single week. If you go back, if we're just looking at Caleb Williams as a prospect versus Justin Fields as a prospect, because let's just live in a world where we say we haven't seen him scratch the surface of what he's capable of doing, which I think is what Lewis said, only he said a little more nicely than I have. How do they compare if you're Chicago making that decision? 
Well, I was a big fan of Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State, Green. Remember, he had one of the most remarkable performances in college football playoff history when he went toe-to-toe and actually unseated Trevor Lawrence. Six passing touchdowns against that Clemson defense. So while I think that Caleb Williams will obviously be high, drafted higher than where Justin Fields was back just a few years ago at the 10th overall pick after the Bears traded up, I think Caleb Williams is a slightly higher-graded player. And Caleb Williams this year was down relative to last season, Greeny, and yet still every single week there's four or five plays outside of the pocket, inside the pocket, moving on the run, running to his right, running to his left, doing something innovative, which make your jaw drop. Caleb is that special of a player. Over the past two seasons, over 90 touchdowns accounted for, not just 30-plus passing touchdowns in each of the past two seasons, Greeny, but 10-plus rushing touchdowns in each of the past two seasons. He is not the most dynamic dual threat amongst the quarterback prospects in this year's draft. But he adds an element to an offense of running the football, Mm. not quite on Justin's level, but I think a player who has proven himself more comfortable right now in the pocket than Justin is at this juncture of his career. Go ahead, Lewis. No, I was just going to add, look, I may disagree with Field a little bit in terms of Caleb's ability to run the football. I had there are multiple clips of this guy taking off out of the pocket, whether it be on RPOs or just broken plays. And he is absolutely destroying pursuit angles from defenders. And I'm sitting there going, look, maybe I'm underestimating just how good he is outside the pocket as far as being a pure runner. Now, Jaden Daniels, you turn on some of the plays for LSU, and I'm sure Marcus has seen plenty of this with their design quarterback draws. Jaden Daniels is absolutely electric. But what you're getting, I think, here with Caleb is a guy who can, one, make all of the kind of different uh, off-platform throws that you see a certain number 15 make, Caleb can do some of the same things with his mm. feet square, changing arm angles. And when he gets out and he actually gets on the perimeter, this dude can take it the distance on you now. I think what, what happened with him was a lot of times you would like to see him play more in rhythm. You would like to see the ball get out of his hands faster instead of three-plus seconds like you see many times. But I think also there are times now where his offensive line is just atrocious. And he's having to create. He's having to play outside of structure. I think a lot of that will start to condense and look a lot cleaner once the protection gets better for him. And he will be able to win from the pocket. But do not sleep on Caleb Williams outside the pocket now. He will rip you along with that absolutely, I think, one-of-one type of throwing ability that he has. Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with Lou. Uh, just getting into getting close to the draft, the season ending, it's very deceiving, and I know we throw around a lot of comparisons. It is Mahomes-like when he runs, though, because when Pat has to have it, it seems like that that walk like a soccer mom yep. turns into a run like a sprinter, dog. And it's one <laughs> of them things where you play – I'm, I'm, I'm saying it from experience as a defensive lineman, and Luke can talk about it from a secondary. You think you have the angle because in your mind, this dude ain't that fast. Because when you watch him on film, it's like, yo, this is not like we can handle this. We don't need to be super cautious in the rush. And as we just saw in the playoffs in the NFL with Pat Mahomes, you better be super cautious when you rush. And when you're a linebacker and you in pursuit, he is going a little bit faster than you think he is. And Caleb uh, reminds me of that when I watched him on tape. I'm good with all of this, but I think it's important, Field, that all of us sort of plant a flag on an opinion on all this stuff because it's going to shake out. And I'm going to say that we can sit here and talk about how much Caleb Williams looks like uh, Patrick Mahomes. Justin Fields, in my opinion, 
is the second best running quarterback in the National Football League behind Lamar Jackson. Correct. He is, he's as good a runner as Jaden Daniels Agreed. is, but he's got to be 25 pounds heavier, bigger, stronger. In college, he threw 67 mm. touchdowns and nine interceptions. He was not a running quarterback in college. He was a passing Correct. quarterback in college. He has been, in my opinion, field completely mishandled from the moment he got to Chicago. I don't think practically anyone could have succeeded in the circumstances he's been in. And he is, he is, in my view, a sleeping giant. If he winds up in the right place, I think Justin Fields has a chance to be an outstanding player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and Greeny, I think there are people that feel comparably to how you do. We'll see what the trade market bears out for Justin Fields, assuming that the Bears do, in fact, take Caleb, Caleb, Caleb Williams number one overall. But this is a unique opportunity. If the Bears did not own the number one pick and instead just owned pick number nine, I don't think any of us on this panel would be advocating for Chicago to move up the draft board to take a quarterback prospect in the first round. But when you have this bonus pick from the brilliant trade down you made a season ago, you have an opportunity to not just reset the financial clock at the quarterback spot, but also land a player in Caleb Williams who has franchise-altering ability that I think that right now is higher upside than what Justin Fields has shown, even with the good stuff he has shown through the first three seasons of his career. Yeah, I'm, I, that's fair. I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you they shouldn't take Caleb Williams. I'm just saying the, the Justin Fields of this all, that story has not been written. Let me leave that there for the moment. We have lots more to do. We're going to do Fields mock draft as we continue this morning. And we'll dive into just how big the gap is between Caleb Williams and the other top uh, quarterbacks in this year's draft. Because there was a good deal of disagreement around the league on that as well. Plus, San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan stopped short once again. People will say the coach can't win the big game. He addressed that yesterday. He's exactly right in what he said, and you will hear it next. Get up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Get Up is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Rolling into the offseason full steam ahead. Let's play a game called Believe It or Not. Here we go. Swagoo. The Steelers will have a brand new starting quarterback this coming season. Believe it or not? I do believe it, G. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously the owner came out and said he's tired of losing, got to make runs in the playoffs. I don't think the guy in the building is in the building to help them make a playoff run. Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, maybe so. Yeah, I think I agree with you. One of those directions might be where they go. Field will come to you next. If I said the Chiefs are going to be the first team ever to three-peat in the Super Bowl era, believe it or not. You know, Greeny, the producer told me I had 25 seconds to answer this. I'm going to take about half that. Believe <laughs> it. You think I'm going to bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Have we just watched what took place when the team was 11-6 and six during the regular season and then went on one of the most impressive postseason runs ever? I believe it. Absolutely. It. This was the worst team they'll have in this time yes. here. How could you pick against them? Finally, Lewis, if I, said, if I said Brock Purdy will get his team back to another Super Bowl in his career, believe it or not. I absolutely believe it. Look, Brock Purdy played well enough in this football game for San Francisco to win the game. I know he missed the touchdown throw to Debo Samuel. I also know this on the blown protection in overtime where Chris Jones is bearing down on him. He was about to hit Jawan Jennings for a touchdown. Or he had Brandon IU coming open on the backside, and he made much tougher throws during that entire game. I am not down on Brock Purdy at all. As a matter of fact, I feel even better about him after seeing how he handled being under constant duress against that Chiefs front uh, at the Super Bowl. No, I totally agree. I, I'm not sure anyone is putting that loss on Brock Purdy. He walked off the field with the lead the last time he left the field in the Super Bowl. There are a lot of people, however, who are questioning Kyle Shanahan. A lot of criticism that he is hearing generally about his inability to close out big games. He addressed that yesterday. I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fixed perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, but I also know, like, when you say big games, like, we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowl. I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement. So that's an interesting one. I, I actually fully agree with him. Mm. But again, I don't want to prejudice the jury, Marcus. What do you think? If people say Kyle can't win the big one, fair or not fair? Well, I mean, logically, yes, he can win the big one. But Kyle has to understand we're talking about Super Bowls. This is three times now where we've seen him have leads and not be able to close out the game. And I know that ties into the players as well. The guys on the field have to make the plays. 
as well in order to close the door. But when you think about the Atlanta 28-3 comeback, I know he was the offensive coordinator, but he got a lot of the blame for that, for the way he ran the offense. Obviously, KC, the first time, and now Kansas City in the second game where you did, where your quarterback walked off the field with a lead. There is no question about Kyle Shanahan's ability to coach. He coaches well in big games. He coaches well in regular season games. This is why this team is always competitive. But the issue is now, and it's becoming because of his own success, is that we judging him off when he gets to the Super Bowl, can he win that game? And so far, the answer is no. So it's fair to have it from that uh, standpoint. But winning big games overall, no. Obviously, you got to win big ones to get there. Meanwhile, Lewis, I, ha- I haven't had you here all week long. You were on the play-by-play call with um, yeah. with our guys Fowler and Dan for the Australian broadcast. And, and so I just, big picture, what, what, the number one takeaway for you from mm-hmm. what was a thrilling Super Bowl 58, what was it? Yeah. Look, I, I, I put it on social media just the other day. I said San Francisco's coaches are going to be absolutely tortured for the rest of their life about this football game, considering all the chances they had to put it away. They should have won that football game in many respects. And that's not taking anything away from what Kansas City has accomplished. Because, look, you guys know how I feel about this football team from top to bottom, from their general manager to their head coach to their quarterback. I've been on their you know, bandwagon waving pom-pom since day one. But the fact of the matter is, San Francisco, I thought, was going to close out that game. I thought they would make a play to close out that game until Patrick got the ball last. And I was like, they're in trouble now. Now they're in trouble because now he has life. And now he's going to make a play. They had so many instances where I thought, especially like when they, even when they got into overtime and they turned loose, Chris Jones, of all people, a protection assignment up front where you turn loose one of the most dominant players in all of football on the defensive side and Brock can't make that throw, although he had made numerous throws in the game where he had offensive guards, offensive tackles being deposited in his lap. He was finding ways to go, get the ball out. Between that... Between the, uh, you know, the touching on the punt return team that actually gave Kansas City life when the, Patrick then went on and threw the touchdown to Valdez-Scantling to just, you know, when Brock missed the overthrow to, to Debo Samuel when he had him in open, but he was getting pressure on that throw too. And then, and then San Francisco, they played for three and a half quarters of that game. Basically, mm. you know, for like 90% of that game, they played good enough defense to win it, and then they just ran out of gas. They ran out of gas, and Patrick said, that's it. It's winning time. I'm going to take this game from you. That is going to haunt this organization for a long I probably wouldn't watch the tape. I wouldn't watch the tape, man. I would have just got on a plane and went to an island somewhere and absolutely stayed hammered for days. Because I don't want to remember what happened. Because I should have won that game. Simple as that. I'm just telling you, I would be in one of them islands right now in a nice short bikini just getting hammered. That's it. I'm with you, Lou. I'm with you, man. I'm on it, Marcus. Did the Niners lose that game as much as the, the Chiefs took it? Yeah, yeah. And 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 to Lou's point, like we felt that way about the Detroit Lions as well. I, mm-hmm. I know the Lions still reeling from the way that that game ended against the San Francisco 49ers. They potentially been in the Super Bowl. But here's the thing, too, and, and to Lou's point, the, the issue becomes now when you playing against 15 is you better take advantage of every single opportunity. Because like Lou said, that little sliver of light that they gave Pat Mahomes, there was no one in America sitting at home thinking that the Chiefs wasn't about to win that game. I know I wasn't. And I thought 
when they went into Baltimore, that would be the hardest game that Patrick Mahomes ever had to play because of what Baltimore was doing. And obviously, Lamar Jackson trending toward the MVP. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show, G. The poise of Patrick Mahomes forces other people to lose their poise Mm -hmm. because he's standing over there. And that's when we start talking about these quarterbacks when you're looking at the guy on the other sideline. When they got the ball, when, listen, it wasn't even when Kansas City got the ball. In overtime, when San Francisco kicked the field goal, I told my wife, this is as good as done. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is about to walk this ball down. I got a text in my phone with the NFL Live group that this game is absolutely over when they kick the field goal. And that's the problem that everybody's dealing with now. As, as they say, if you're going to beat the champ, you got to knock the champ out. Field, I'll get you in on this in a minute, I promise. I'm up against the mm-hmm. clock here, but I'm putting you to work next because the mock draft is on the way. A reminder, ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN and it's the only place to find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet. Download today. What a play. But as I said, Field has the new mock draft out right now. There's a shakeup near the top. Don't miss the insights that are going to reshape the entire NFL. They're next. Get up with ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Back on Get Up, and it is a holiday today. No, I don't mean Valentine's Day. I mean, we've got a new mock draft. Field Gates is up and out, and here we go. He has quarterbacks going one, two, and three in round one, as everyone does, but his order is not the same as many that I've seen. Caleb Williams won to Chicago. Yes, that would, of course, only amplify the questions about what they do involving Justin Fields. Now it gets interesting. At number two, Gates has the Commanders going with the Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels, who's comparing, a lot of people are comparing to Lamar Jackson, obviously has the extraordinary explosive skill set as a runner and just set the world on fire at LSU this year. And that would drop Drake May from North Carolina to number three. And that is where Yates has him going uh, to the Patriots. He would be the highest drafted quarterback the Patriots have taken since Drew Bledsoe went number one in the 1993 NFL draft. Let me show you some of the other names that uh, Field has going up near the top of this. Marvin Harrison Jr. was the first non-quarterback there at four. He has Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, going five to the Chargers. 
couple of pass rushers in there in Latu and Dallas Turner. He has the Jets taking Olu Fashionu from uh, Penn State as an offensive tackle. There you see a couple other receivers, neighbors, and Adunze that a lot of people absolutely love. So here's, here's where this thing gets interesting. And Yates, I, I, again, I, I listen to first draft every single week with you and Mel going over all these things. In your mind, is there a separation between Caleb Williams and the other top quarterbacks in this draft? Meaning, is it one and then nobody is two and we're fighting over three kind of thing? Is it that clear-cut a difference? Here's the clear-cut number one player in this, cl- in this class, Greedy. It's not just the skill set, which is terrific. It's also the sample size. Over the past two seasons, we have seen Caleb Williams dominate, even if last year, meaning the 2023 season, was not at the same level as his Heisman year in 2022. You couple that with the 2021 year when he took over from Spencer Rattler as a starter in Oklahoma as a true freshman, and you're talking about one of the best two-and-a-half-year runs for any quarterback prospect in college football in a long time. He immediately changes everything that you can do within the structure of your offense offense and we also talked about how outside of structure one of the most difficult players to defend because even when you think you have a plan Caleb Williams is so innovative and so creative that he might totally chop that plan in half and next thing you know you might have him running by you or might be throwing a 50-yard touchdown pass right behind your defense. So it's interesting Lewis because and you and I talk all the time obviously we'll be there together in Detroit uh, at Mm -hmm. the end of April. I feel like the season began with a conversation about will it be Caleb Williams or will it be Drake May? I feel like now it's become Caleb Williams and then is Drake May actually going to be second? Is that how you frame this? In, in your mind, what, where are the questions here? Yeah, look, I mean, for me, I, don't, I never had any question from the get-go when I started watching these quarterbacks as to who number two was. Jaden Daniels, for me, is clearly number two. Mm. And I think as we move through this process, I know there are going to be people who say, well... You know, Drake May, once he gets into the interviews and all, you know, people are going to become wild with him. Well, I think people are going to be very impressed with Jaden Daniels as well as we move through the draft process. Because remember, this is the time of year where things can get a little sideways because there's no football being played now. There's no football being played, but you, and you can wind up tricking yourself into thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking about. As long as Jaden Daniels doesn't do anything to hurt himself, I think, in this pre-draft process, And as long as people are comfortable with ultimately what his verifieds are as far as his height and his weight and his hand size and what he looks like. And I've said, I want to see Jaden Daniels in person. I want to stand next to him just like I stood next to Bryce Young last year and stood next to C.J. Stroud in consecutive days. And that's why for me it was a slam dunk. It's C.J. Stroud for me. I want to see Jaden Daniels because I'll tell you this right now. The way this young man operates in the pocket the way in which he can get that ball out and speed up his release and the way he sees the field, some of the touch throws he makes are sick. They're at, they remind me of the way CJ threw the football at Ohio State. But outside the pocket, you see these highlights. This kid can go now. When they, when they call design quarterback draw, he is, I mean, he is out the gate, dude. He's out the gate. The thing about it, though, is we want to turn on the Ole Miss game. He takes a shot in that game where it looks like somebody catapulted him backwards, like somebody put a bungee cord on him and yanked him backwards, and I'm going, you can't be absorbing too many of those. Mm. So I'll tell you this, though. Caleb Williams, bigger body, made people look silly in the open field. Jaden Daniels, he can throw that thing. For me, Drake May, I left a lot on the – I was sitting there a lot of times looking at the tape going, show me something. Mm-hmm. Show me something that puts you in the category with these two. And I didn't see it. 
I'll tell you what. And you, and, uh, go ahead, Field, go. Yeah, the, the Jaden Daniels-Drake May debate has been interesting, Greeny, because I think people that just watched college football this past year and have studied the tape will tell you that it's not close based off of the tape from this past season. And on top of some of the stuff that Lewis has already broken down about Jaden Daniels, and with all due respect to Swagoo's beloved LSU Tigers, that team was not as talented as they have been for several years now, especially on defense. Jaden Daniels shouldered a larger load than any quarterback, maybe other than Caleb Williams in college football, this past season. Clutch production is one of my favorite traits that I'm studying within quarterbacks. We talk about Patrick Mahomes, who's got more of it than him right now. When the moment was at its biggest this past season, Jaden Daniels willed LSU to victory in games that he should not have. Go back and watch the Missouri game. That team might have five or six guys drafted on defense. Late in the fourth quarter, Jaden Daniels got whatever he wanted. Florida, he had nearly 300 rushing yards. Alabama, before he got hurt, he left that game early in the fourth quarter. I bet Nick Saban might have joined us at ESPN, not just because he's the greatest ever and has accomplished everything you can accomplish, but to not have to face a guy like Jaden Daniels again because in three quarters of play, he had nearly 400 total yards and kept LSU in that game. When the moment was most important, Jaden Daniels played his very best football all throughout last season. I love him, but Mark, Marcus, you're an LSU guy, and so, I mean, I assume you've been around him. Let's address the elephant in the room. I mean, Jaden Daniels looks so slight. And there's, there's just no other way to say it, yeah. and you worry about that. As <clears throat> To Lewis's point, like, what are the things that you, that you worry about? Where are the boxes that you're afraid don't get checked? I mean, he looks... He looks so slim, for lack of a better word, that that would be the, con- the only, perhaps, concern. How-, how do you see it, Marcus? Yeah. Well, tell your weight room coach to earn his money, because I'm telling you right now, <laughs> what, what Lou and Babyface just said, and listen, we talked about Caleb Williams, we talked about Drake May, and Jake Daniels is in this conversation. I always approach, when we get to this point, as a defensive lineman or a defensive player, let me tell you something, G. And, and Lou and Babyface, the guy that I didn't want to see in college this year was Jaden Daniels. Mm. That was the guy I would have told Coach, listen, what is the plan for when when we step on the field against this dude? Because there is, every, single oper- every single play in an offensive playbook was available. And I'm going to tell you, I was, I was surprised at the jump that I thought it, he threw the ball. He threw the ball well this year, and that's something that we're not going to talk about. But, mm-hmm. hey, them edges was under attack. And them ed- when what I mean is when he got outside the structure, outside of the pocket, it was to the house. <laughs> like, we talked about Caleb Williams and the, the, the sneaky fast. Ain't nothing sneaky about Jaden Daniels on the edge of a defense. It is devastation. It's similar, and that's why the comparisons are being made to when we saw Lamar at Louisville. I'll never forget that performance Lamar had against Florida State where I think it was five or six touchdowns in that game. Jaden Daniels did that like three times this year. Mm. That was He did that like three games this year against good defenses, as Ludem just mentioned. Field, a baby face. Get back in on this, yep. if you will. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, sometimes I want to be careful in terms of comparing players to the extremes. And Lamar Jackson has a very strong case to be the greatest rushing quarterback of all time. But it's impossible to not see shades of Lamar when you watch Jaden Daniels. We can talk about the running all day because I really think it is important. Swagoo said we weren't going to talk about the throwing, but I'm going to talk about it here for a second. Best deep ball thrower in the country last year was Jaden Daniels. He has enough arm strength to just launch rockets down the field. But I think more importantly than that, when guys are wide open like Brian Thomas Jr., a future first-round pick, 
Belichick himself was some of the precision passing in the intermediate passing game. And I know that when you have the athletic ability that Jaden Daniels has, there's a temptation to break the pocket every single play and just take off because you might find your way to 6, 7, 8, 10, 12 yards with a scramble. But the number of times this year when he stood tall in the pocket for one extra count, one extra beat to deliver a 10, 15, 18-yard strike and let the wide receivers do the work really caught my attention as well. Again, it sounds like hyperbole, but I'm not sure there is anything else that Jaden Daniels could have done this past season to improve his draft stock and be in the conversation for number two overall. Finish it up, Lewis. Go. You know what? Yeah, I just wanted to say this real quick, and I don't mean I don't, I don't want to take anybody's time, but I'll, I'll say you this. As much as we want to compare him to Lamar, and I love Lamar. We all love Lamar. Jaden Daniels is a much better thrower. Mm. Jaden Daniels throws that football throw. like C.J. Stroud. Agree. I'm just no. telling you, when you, watch, when you yep. see C.J. Stroud throw the football, you would sit there and you go, he's a natural passer. He can layer that ball to where it's almost like, damn, I'm going to have to work to drop this damn thing other than catch it. I mean, he's literally <laughs> putting it in my hands and wrapping my fingers around it. That's how he puts it on you. Jaden Daniels has all that. The only thing I want to see is what is he built like. That's it. That's it. Because I'm telling you what, this kid is fun to it's, – it's more than just fun. He can play the game at a super high level. And their passing tree was an NFL passing tree down there. Yeah. Yeah, he's got Brian Kelly as his coach. The, the, real, the, real, the only question are going to be the measurables with him. In the meantime, we'll have more on this again. Mock, uh, mock draft up from Babyface Field Yates is available right now. We've got an NBA <laughs> doubleheader coming your way tonight. Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers hosting Chicago 730 Eastern. Then Steph and the Warriors host the Clippers. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, did you hear what one Cowboys legend said about the current team in Dallas? Here's the question. Is he right? Here's the answer. Yes, he is. Don't miss this next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Anejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
On April 25, 1950, Chuck Cooper was the first black player drafted in NBA history, going number 13 overall to the Boston Celtics. He became the second black player ever to play in an NBA game. Chuck was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2019. We are back on Get Up, and the game is called Swagoo Says. I will bring up an idea here, and then we will hear what Marcus has to say about that. Swagoo, which team is the biggest threat to Kansas City next season? Yeah, I skipped the AFC, G. I went to the Detroit Lions Mm. in the NFC side. We talked earlier. I think they felt like they missed an opportunity. But the way this team is built and what they believe in themselves is how you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw Dan Campbell go for fourth down after fourth down. As much as we talked about it, you need some of those type of plays against the Kansas City Chiefs. And this team is built from front to back, and they want to be a physical football team, which wins a lot of games in this league. I'm going to go Detroit. They were awful close last year. I like it. Next, what should the Dolphins do this offseason? Big decision. Pay their quarterback now or wait another year? Yeah, pay him now. Pay Tua now. He had a really good season last year. Obviously, there are things that are left to be desired, but gee, you know how this goes, man. This is supply and demand, and it ain't like it's a bunch of guys walking around as good as Tua um, that you can sign unless one of these high-level guys became available. So pay Tua now, start to continue to build out this roster, build out this team, and see where you can go. I'm with that. And then here's your old team as our resident former Cowboy. Mike Zimmer is back in Dallas as the defensive coordinator, was that the right choice? I love Mike Zimmer. And and yes, from a coaching standpoint, from how good he's called defenses, my only pause and the reason why I'm met on this, G, is because I want to see what the front office is going to do as far as building a roster defensively and having what it takes to actually give Mike Zimmer all the pieces that's needed in order to have success. That's my issue. I talked about this a couple of days ago. People were like, you're not excited about Mike Zimmer. It has nothing to do with that. I want to be excited about what the Cowboys do at free agency as far as building a spine on their defense. This team last year, and I'm going to say it because you heard me say it a hundred times, this, nas- this team in the National Football League that was trying to win a Super Bowl played football without a linebacker. Without, think about that. Think about the teams we just saw play in the playoffs. Bolton, Chanel, Gay for the Kansas City Chiefs. Werner, unfortunately lost Dre Greenlaw. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. Look at the teams that ended up having a tremendous amount of success. That part was missing. You bring in a new defense coordinator. If you don't have linebackers, I don't give a damn who he is. You ain't, you ain't going to look like a good one. <laughs> well, Zimmer was actually in Dallas the last time that team won a Super Bowl. And so, of course was Emmett Smith, the Cowboys legend. And now with Zimmer back again, Emmett Smith has a lot to say. I want to read you some quotes from the legendary Emmett Smith, as beloved a former Cowboy as there is. He said, I'm tired of being sold on what the Cowboys could be. I'm tired. I've had enough of it because I'm more about what the Cowboys really are and who we really are and who we were. Nobody wants to fight no more. No one wants to fight hard anymore. They want to say, oh, we are the Cowboys. Tell me how good I am. Check out my Instagram posts. See me on my podcast. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm everything without doing everything. And everybody's patting them on the back. People want to give them so much without doing nothing. And what they're living off of is what happened in the past 
not what's going down right now. We are delighted to, as usual, uh, mm. borrow Chris mm. Canty from Unsportsmanlike mm. on ESPN Radio just for this conversation. <laughs> what do you think of what Emmett said, big fella? Well, Emmett's tired, and I guess it's ironic because he's got something in common with the Cowboys team this year because according to Demarcus Lawrence, who was on first take last year from the Super Bowl, the Cowboys were too tired and too burnt out to put up a fight against the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's the part to me that's the biggest issue down there in Dallas. I hear what Marcus is talking about as far as the overall talent on the roster, but by far the bigger issue is the culture down there in Big D. And Mike Zimmer is going to go a long ways to being able to help that out. Like Mike Zimmer is a no-nonsense type of coach. He's off of that Bill Parcells coaching tree. He's going to bring the, the requisite things that you need a DC to do. He's got versatility in his scheme, whether it's 3-4-4-3. He mixes it up with zone and man, you're not going to get a beat on him that way. But I think the most important thing is he's going to be no-nonsense. He's going to coach these guys hard, and from what it sounds like, that's something that's needed in Dallas. Absolutely, and, and you know, Lewis, you and I were talking about Emmett's comments earlier this morning, and basically what, what, what you were telling me he's saying is these Cowboys are still living off of what his Cowboys did a generation ago. There is absolutely no doubt. That's what he's saying. Y'all are all getting paid and having podcasts and you know, getting put on GQ Sport Instagram page with your luggage and stuff as you're walking out the hotel, getting on the plane and stuff. You're getting all this attention off of the work that I did, off of the work that the playmaker did, off the work that Eric Williams did, off of the work that Darren Woodson did, off of the work that Troy Aikman did. Because I can tell you this, those teams, those teams weren't having it. I played against those teams. When they came out on the field – it wasn't like they, they weren't just trying to beat you. They were trying to, like, like they were trying. I don't even want to say they were trying to embarrass you. They were trying to punk you for three hours. And it was very, very evident. They played with a much different resolve, a much different competitive temperament. And they did it week after week after week. And Emmett Smith was right at the forefront. You want to talk about one of the toughest players when we talk about toughness. You want to talk about the toughest players in the history in the history of the National Football League, Evan Smith played, I believe he played a playoff, was it a playoff game against the Giants? Where his shoulder was separated. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson kept giving it to him. And he kept giving it to him on the old school artificial turf. And he's getting dumped play after play. And you see him walking back to the huddle and they give it to him again. And again, and again, and again. And Evan Smith is saying, until somebody down there shows up like I showed up, I don't want to hear none of it. And I, I love it because he has every right to say it. Yeah, I love it. I, I just want to read that one part again. Tell me how good I am. Check out my Instagram posts. See me on my podcast. <laughs> all, all that. I mean, that, that, where does that come from? Like, uh, people will point to the culture. Who, who has to set that? Who, who is in charge of, if Emmett is right, who's in charge of getting it right? Well, the, the reality is, and, and I hate being the old man on the lawn. Right. Um, or, or fitting into that narrative. There is substance to what Emmett is saying, but we also got to acknowledge that this is absolutely a different generation of player. We having this conversation because Dallas falls in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Emmett is talking about. He's talking about high leverage moments when it's do or die not showing up. And, and, and it's not even about not showing up. It's about how you looked against the Green Bay Packers. I think the disappointment lied with a lot of Cowboy fans and myself when you watch this team and even just football fans. 
to look so unprepared, to get beat so bad, don't let the score at the end of the game be indicative of how this game went. They got dominated by Green Bay with a quarterback that was starting his first year. That is where this resentment from Emmitt comes from. The part I do disagree with Emmitt about is, bro, y'all set the tone for this. Like the media coverage, the owner is still the owner that y'all had when David Blaine was in the locker room doing magic tricks and y'all on <laughs> hard knocks. This is a part of who the Cowboys are. So yeah. when I hear people talk about the media attention and guys being polarizing and big figures, that's a part of being a Dallas Cowboy. That is not going anywhere. It's about them guys in the locker room and how they handle it and manage it and show up when it's high leverage moments. Can't yeah, but, but, but Jimmy Johnson ain't there, right? That's the difference, right? The, the, that strong presence at the head coaching position. Somebody that's in that building that can set the agenda for the team that's not named Jerry Jones. And that's the problem with the culture. That's the issue. The fish rots from the head down. So if we want to search for reasons why the Cowboys can't be at their best when their best is required in the postseason, then you, all you have to do is point to ownership. I mean, he's got weekly spots on local radio. He's got his own press conference after the game. We don't know if we should listen to the head coach or we should listen to the owner after the game because of how things are playing out in Dallas. So until something about that changes, the results ain't going to change. And that's why Emmitt Smith is saying that he's fed up because for all of these guys doing all these podcasts and all that stuff, you know what they're not doing? Winning when it matters the most in the postseason. And I completely understand where he's coming from. Very quickly, because I have to let Chris go. This morning on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, they're doing a list of the most, because it's Valentine's Day, the most lovable personalities at ESPN. How do none of the three of us make it? Uh, How do because we've Marcus already Marcus used all three of you. So no, the, no, rule, no. the rules of the game is we can't use you <laughs> twice. We've <laughs> already <laughs> used all of First of all, and Christine Lisi was my first overall pick okay. for lovable ESPN. Because she makes good brownies. She's the best. She does. But I mean, who could be more lovable than the big swagoo? <laughs> the man is a teddy bear. All right. Uh, ESPN Chris Radio already, Chris morning. my brother. <laughs> See yeah. to my brother. He already said he the guy but, but you're that not I'm, I'm the guy he want to hang out with. Uh, we good. We no, I'm not Coming up, That's the first day of the rest of our lives. One team holds the key to the future. We'll tell you exactly what they're going to do next. 